here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello world, this is TJ Marsh and you're listening to ET Radio. Welcome aboard all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet with us. We're called Terrans in this world of uh, reality or non-reality. And uh, I've got uh, Thomas R. Becker with me today. He's our general manager of our TJ Marsh ET Radio with our company, American Communications Online. And we're going to share the ACO Club today. And what we're trying to do with uh, all those that are into esoterics and metaphysics and cosmology, and uh, we're doing our best to bring authors and artists and graphic designers and scientists and cosmologists and ufologists and alienologists all together in a funky way, I guess. But, you know, we have so many friends out there that have time to share and grow that we've decided to keep building a community we've had for about seven years. But uh, we're waiting on Dr. Rick Miller, who is a wonderful metaphysician, very well-versed, very uh, well-known, and he's going to be our Albus Dumbledore for our group. I'm uh, not sure that you uh, are Harry Potter fans or not, but Professor Albus Dumbledore was a fictional character in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series. So we're writing our own called the Allied Command Organization of the ACO and our little group. Uh, we're not of the Gryffindor house, but we might as well be. <laughs> but uh, Professor Dumbledore was uh, head of Transfiguration Department, headmaster of Hogwarts, and Bud's status was a half-blood. <laughs> and so uh, he had a wand and a length and wood core, a 15-inch diameter elder. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, fun things to do and how we do what we do, and we're going to hopefully set up some webinars in the future, whether we use Zoom or, or Skype or we don't know yet, so the best way to do it, but uh, I still don't see Dr. Rick Miller here, uh, Ahmed, so Thomas R. Becker, also known as the Mad Painter, would you like to introduce yourself since you're here with me today while we're waiting well, on... You just, you just did that. I haven't talked about you yet. <laughs> Being an author, an artist, and all that. So, well, tell us, kinda. tell us about you. Yeah, tell oh, us I'm about our magazine inquis- stuff we're building. Yeah, I'm just inquisitive. I, I touch on a lot of subjects. I, I call myself a generalist. I don't specialize in any particular field, but I'm interested in quite a few fields. And uh, I am putting together a magazine for uh, the American Communications Online. Uh, Right now, it's mostly covering uh, space, but uh, we're going to branch out into metaphysics, uh, spirituality, uh, the mind, uh, you know, and all kinds of other subjects, too. And uh, we're going to offer it up every, uh, uh, it's going to be bi-monthly, so that's six magazines a a year. And uh, hopefully help fund uh, us uh, being able to pull off a conference sometime in the future. Uh, was that Rick calling in? I guess she's on the phone. <laughs> but I, 
I think it'd be interesting. Uh, uh, I, I also do radio shows myself at another station, and uh, I'm a general manager over there too at uh, Revolution Radio. I do have books uh, out there on Amazon under a Mad Painter. Uh, they're not all that great; they're self-published, but uh, it gives us a few ideas. And I am an artist. Uh, I especially like graphic arts. And the magazine is going to be full of uh, graphic arts too that I've created. Uh, if you join the uh, join us uh, as a member, uh, you can submit articles and artwork, and we'll consider putting them in the magazine, and uh, might get a little notoriety out of it. Are you back yet, T? Notoriety. Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah, go. I'm back. I tried. He called in, and they he said they wanted a pin number. I'm like, no, the guests call in three four seven nine four five seven two zero seven. I don't know why they'd be wanting to ask him for a pin number. So he, uh, he said, "Well, call in. me." Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So he must have punched the wrong numbers. But I don't understand why. But that's okay. We'll get. I'm trying to call him now. Let's see if this will let me on the. Yeah, I like that uh, Ram. I've had him on my shows a couple of times. Great. It says call failed. Well, let me call him and see if I can get him to get on his Skype. Let me tell him, for some reason, they're not letting him on. Says darling. Well, you, Hold on. you can pass Everybody. me his number in Skype, and I can call him. Hey, Rick, we can't get you on. Uh, hold on just a minute. Can you get on Skype, Dr. Miller? Yes, I can. It's on another computer, but I can get on it immediately. Well, okay, what we're going to do is have a mad call you, our producer. Well, I don't know what button you pushed, but if it, it should have uh, just given you direct into the into it. All right, we're going to try that because my, my studio won't let me call you. It says call failed to your phone number. Okay, wonderful. We appreciate it. Okay, Ahmed, it's uh, back up to you and Skype again. I guess we're getting really dependent these days on Skype. But uh, Ahmed, I sent you his phone number right there if you can see it. So uh, you can get him on here. But, folks, this is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And he's had some interesting uh, problems with Bluehost lately. So. Uh, we're going to do our best to help uh, help him and uh, get all squared away in our company, in our group, American Communications Online, and what we're building together to help others out there. And, uh, okay, he says he's ready, so I guess we'll get him here in just a moment. But there we go. You there? Yeah, he's on Skype. I'll just call it Skype. Okay. All right. Well, folks, uh, let me read you a little bit about uh, his background because uh, Dr. Rick, A-L-A-N-M-I-L-L-E-R, Dr. Rick Allen Miller. Now, he has his own secure website, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, and uh, we'll have to get – 
Whoops, getting some feedback. Dr. Ram, he's here. How about he, he, All right. He's here, Willis. Dr. Richard Allen Hello. Miller. He's got books and ebooks. Is that you? Can what you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can. I can hear you just fine. I, uh, you have no idea where I've been and what's going on at this end of my life. It's crazy. Well, you want to share? Well, we're here for you, Dr. Ram. Rick Allen Miller, folks. Dr. Miller, I'm excited to have you here. You're our Wizard of Oz, ACO. It's like the Wizard of Oz. So we're going to promote you that way. And I'll introduce you to the Dumbledore. You have have you read the paper that my ex-wife wrote called I Married the Wizard of Oz? She's CIA. I did. (laughs) I did. I I know. I have it You know why she wrote that paper? Because back then, those key words were used as a way to get higher on uh, your ratings on the Internet. It was a coding. Ah. So by using... Yeah, she did that, not for me, not for historic, so that she could have those keywords associated with her. Welcome <laughs> to the world. <laughs> well, she's very famous, too, Dr. Wizard. Doctor, this is actually the actual doctor that Iona Miller, very famous woman on adventures in parapsychology, paraphysics, and metaphysics, wrote about I married oh, the no, Wizard no, of no. Oz. She <laughs> Richard me. Allen Miller. Yes, yeah, she, she did. She married, it, yeah, she, mar- she married me so that she came into the end of that. She didn't come in at, when I was doing the research. She came in right as I was winding up and moving into the country to become a dirt farmer. Oh, to, for the botanical so part of your business. She came in in 77, um, and uh, we I left. And I quit in 82 when I moved to Carlton, Washington, in the middle of nowhere, up in the middle of nowhere. And, um, but I had been doing it since 67. Oh, that's good. That's, that's when I started, had my first clearance in 67 with the government and yeah, through NASA. I, and let's start there. Let's start back now. Her paper says, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I married the Wizard of Oz, Iona Miller. And uh, when I first met Richard Allen Miller in 1976, his career was in parapsychology. So it says you were in full swing with a backup in theosophy. Do you still? But he said your interest was in metaphysics, alchemy, magic. So she said that paralleled her own. That, uh, yeah, so that how, historically, yeah. What happened on that historically was that when I came out of grad school. I was assaulted by a bunch of different lodges, Bohemian Grove, and the list goes downhill from there. And I had to armor up and protect myself like a kid going to high school for the first time and be assaulted by Christians wanting to be, you know, missionaries. And so my parents, uh, when I was going to high school, they were atheists. I'm not. But they were atheists, and what they did is they sent me to Missouri Synod Catechism to armor me up and protect me from what was about to happen in high school. And I have stories. And so what happened when I came out of grad school, the first thing I did was I met Gershom Sholem, and I spent the next six years studying with him in Old Hebrew and Greek. I became a hermetic Kabbalist as a way to armor up and protect myself 
from these different lodges. That's a true story. I ended up with the Theosophical Society, and I taught at Indralea on Orcas Island. And then I was in, I knew uh, Joyce Burr and others that were in Wheaton. Theosophical Society was where I cut my teeth. I then went with VOTA, Builders of the Adidam, and then OTO with Phyllis Seckler, Mildred Burlingame, and Helen Parsons-Smith. Grady was Caleb at the time. I started writing for Green Egg in 1970 when Tim and Morning Glory were starting up the Church of All Worlds. Well, uh, right about that time, then, you got <laughs> into Beltane Occult Books. What's that? Say again? You got into, yeah, you have you have such a, a wonderful background, especially to do what I've asked you to do with us today for our club, for our uh, authors and metaphysicians. But you also had your own, you're an entrepreneur. And I see the name Boeing here, but also Emerald City, Beltane Occult Books. In Herb oh, yes. Garden Company. The, so you well, blended okay. all your... I started... Yeah, I did mm-hmm. the bookstore to give me access to the types of books that I needed to uh, do the paranormal studies. Um, at that time, uh, there were very few libraries that carried those kinds of things. The Seattle Public Library had vaults that I had a friend that was a, a guard there, and he let me into the vaults down below... And I found, for example, Crowley's Stella of Revealing is held in the Seattle Public Library. The other things like uh, King Tut started at the Seattle Public Library. It was a wonderful treasure trove for someone like me diving into the vaults. Old things that people had never seen. They were stuck up on shelves just like in the movie. And I made it. Yeah, that was me as a little boy. Seattle... When I was in high school, we used to go down to Pioneer Square and climb into a manhole cover and go down into an underground Seattle that had been buried uh, since two thousand uh, since 1901 when they had a giant earthquake there. And today they have tours and they call it the Underground Seattle Underground. That was the title of one of the um, radio programs I did was called Seattle Underground. I started at KTAC in, uh, in Tacoma, moved down to KMPX of San Francisco. That was the first underground uh, radio show where we could play, you know, Iron Butterfly and Inagata de Vida. When I was a scientist, I was on the edge all the way down. Crab Radio, KRAB, broadcasting at 800 micrograms, somewhere up in the Redwoods up on Venus, where we left no left turns on stone, left stones on Oh, it was an introduction to the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Scrambling everybody's well, brain. We have so much here I want to discuss with you, your parapsychology, your paraphysics. You went into, I guess, uh, right after that. When did you go into DuPont and Boeing infrared countermeasures? And uh, when I came out of grad school. And, yeah, when, Boeing... Was the first job I got. That's what brought me back home from Delaware, where I was at Newark and the University of Delaware when I did uh, courses at Princeton and MIT. I got back then, I got to meet Charlie Muses, Dr. Charles Muses, Edward Everett Horton. I had uh, 
of Roger Penrose and Princeton. I had all these incredible Nobel Prize winners. They dialed them all out for me. That was old man DuPont. And then I wanted to come home. So Boeing brought me home. And I started with uh, MAS Day. And when Boeing lost the B-1 contract, there were like 30,000 PhDs that hit the streets in one day. And they had a big, big poster, the last person out of town, please turn off the lights. And immediately, Jerry Pollack reached out, hired me on the spot, and started working in anesthesiology under Ray Fink, who was in research on fourth floor for anesthesiology at the UW, working under John Benica. And basically, I did all my paranormal studies in those laboratories. And when I was called out, it would either be China Lake, um, oh, um, Stanford Research Institute. That's where I met Andrea Juharich. He became one of my model teachers. And I was, the, unfortunately, the one that caught Yuri Geller cheating. And when I did, I took all of those studies in bending spoons and stopping watches, threw it out the door. Juharich is possibly one of the finest scientists in my in history that I've met. I, I was incredibly impressed with him of all the different ones. Dr. Stanley Krippner was my mentor. I had written a paper in 1970 uh, demonstrating uh, that Corellian photography was a secondary emission of electrons. And that got me invited to present a paper in, uh, in New York City where I got to meet Edgar Mitchell and then I was at Mission Control in 1971, still working with um, anesthesiology at that time. Boeing, I think, lost the contract in 69, and I started working in 69 or 70, right then and there, at, in anesthesiology. And I worked all the way through until I left that university probably in um, 81, 82. I moved to the country. And we're a wood consciousness, and uh, you know, frost line started at three feet, and I was we'd get six to eight feet of snow every year, and uh, you have to go out the second story window to shovel the driveway, that kind of thing. That's a long time ago. Well, do you do you feel like uh, when you were with Stan, Dr. Stanley Krepner, did his work in parapsychology or anything to do have anything to do with your Navy intel and? Helping, yes, uh, because I want to get into this X-Files. Yeah, you know? he's the one that introduced me to SEAL Corporation out of Amherst when I was in anesthesiology. Oh, he did? And, I didn't know yes, that. Yes, ma'am. Ooh. Yeah, he was okay, at that time. Okay, so he is a big player. He is yes, a big player. I didn't way, know for sure. Way bigger than anybody had a clue. He was the bottom line, wow. as a matter of fact. While he was doing Saybrook Institute, he, for example, and by the way, they just removed his behind and his offices and his desks this year. It's a travesty what they've done to that man. Travesty. Just like Jerry Pollack. Pollack today, his laboratory last year, where he was doing all his water studies, the School of Medicine, not Department of Anesthesiology, which was, um, he was emeritus, uh, but School of Medicine, broke his laboratory down into three offices for new uh, 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 anesthesiologists coming in. And Jerry lost all his toys. And that is the bottom line for physicists. 
the toys. That's how you can do something or not. Well, Dr. Stanley Krippner, he's way up there in age. Uh, you wouldn't know how he's still alive, though, yeah. right? He still has a face. Yes, ma'am. He, he comes. He comes here every year to do the Shakespeare Festival, and he'll spend time with me, reminiscing. I was down in Mexico uh, in 2014 with him, the Big Consciousness Conference, where I met Eben Alexander and some other people. He's still active. Um, he's getting old now. And uh, he, he, he is the nicest, most gentlest man I've ever had the honor and privilege to know. And he's, he's probably responsible for who and what I became. And now I'm just getting old. He's, um, he likes Shakespeare. I, I, by the way, I have a degree in English literature from Washington State University. As a third degree, I got, I got my Bachelor of Science, not Bachelor of Arts in Science, in Physics, but I did an undergraduate thesis. I also got a degree in Mathematics and English Literature. I met Ruth Slonim at Pullman, and she so inflamed me that in 1960, when the Seattle World's Fair was there, I used to sneak out of uh, high school and uh, try to watch Lawrence Olivier to Hamlet, uh, the Seattle Center. It was incredible. There were as many ways to sneak into that. <laughs> I had them all down, man. And I, as a high school kid, now all the teachers knew what I was doing, but I became inflamed the Bard. And uh, as a result, I have a degree in English literature, Romantic period. Yeah. Well, this is really good for all of us. Uh, uh, Thomas R. Becker is a mad painter. You know him from the other Revolutions by Radio. Well, I, I, yes, I years. do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's here. Uh, mad, introduce yourself and talk for a minute, if you will. Got any questions for Dr. Ram, well, I, as you call him? I already introduced myself. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> nice. Pretty good. Uh, oh, man, it's just like old times. Only you, you mentioned the new times. <laughs> you, you mentioned catching Yuri Geller. Didn't he just do that in order to get a little trim from the women? <laughs> yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, what happened was he was the real deal. He could do things, but problem was he couldn't do it on on demand, and so he started cheating. Huh. Yeah, that's that's the way I heard it. That he yeah. he, he was so actually, I Once I actually him able doing to. That. Yeah, he, he he faked it. I Kalugina, some others. You say I was real good, and I'm looking for variables that most people couldn't have even. How do you isolate the variables when you're dealing with psi phenomena, or telekinesis, or you know, a bending spoon stopping like just these old ladies that were rich, huddled around him. He's real good looking. And he, oh, bend my watch, break my watch, you know, that kind of thing. And he started to cheat, and I caught it. And that took all of Fuharich's studies and threw them essentially out the window. And Fuharich was a brilliant, in my opinion, was the most, one of the, he was one of my teachers. And I, you know, I felt really bad when I had to discredit Geller. Geller, like all other psychics, at that time, I set up the Manager Foundation out of Topeka using new concepts of biofeedback. And I have that laboratory with me right now. It's autogen and German acupuncture. And the German acupuncture, I was using it 
the wave shaping capability so I could specifically talk to neurotransmitters. And there's a uh, sci-fi friend of mine, Norman Spinrad, wrote a science fiction story around my work called Little Heroes, called The Wire, where you put your this, this device on top of your head and dial in what sex you want to be for tonight, like a costume. That's the work I did in the okay. video feedback nobody's seen. Yes. I can do things. That is where the next evolution in man's consciousness will be the control, the release of these neurotransmitters for altered states of consciousness. And I'm, what I'm doing now is mapping out the areas where one begins and the other stops where the laws of physics change with different states of consciousness. And over here, you can have the strength of 10 people, like being on methamphetamine. And over there, you can have ability and guessing, which is 99%. When uh, Llewellyn, Carl Wojcicki, <clears throat> had the, held the Gnosticon and Duke University came in, foundation for the study of man, to do a test. They brought in Sybil Leake and uh, Gene, Gene Dixon, others, famous psychics, James Hurtak, and I won it by three orders of magnitude demonstrating the, the physics that I had developed for Navy SEALs on how to think with the gut. When you think with the gut, you do not make mistakes. You're working with purpose, and everything that happens, including getting shot, is supposed to happen. And that, when you go to the upper brain, it comes in with logic, and you start to have a second, third opinion of guess at what's the right thing to do. It is always the first thought that comes into your mind is always the most correct one, always. And that was what made. How does that relate? Super. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish no, that no, thought. I was wondering, you know, you you, you just uh, mentioned the uh, neuroscience, uh, I guess one might say, but you mentioned neuro, new concepts, but neuro concepts of the biosphere, with that or the atmosphere, how does that uh, combine? Now, you were te teaching all these Navy SEALs how to use their higher mind, I guess, but can you help us because the biosphere with land, sea, and atmosphere, and I'm sitting down here next to Hurricane Barry in the in the uh, panhandle of Florida and not knowing if it's going to hit New Orleans or gonna, we're on the nasty side or on the east side, but uh, biosphere and the mind, uh, I would love to, uh, maybe put you on the spot here. There Dr. is a relationship, but, yeah, there is, is there? a relationship to that in remote viewing, and the Soviets and the military, our military, do use that concept that came out of Prague and uh, Czechoslovakia has to do with cosmobiology. It is the next stage relating astrology to astronomy, and now the, the, uh, the, the Prague Czechoslovakians. Back in 1970, Ostrander and Schroeder had published a book called Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain, and everybody got freaked. Back then, we knew about aliens, but we were more concerned with what Russia was doing. That's the fact. And so they used me in that regard. I did a tour at Broom Lake. I did a tour in Antarctica. I've been all over and seen Crow at level eight. I've been there. But 
What was most important was Prague and what they were doing. Russia back then did not actually have the technologies that they do today competitive to the United States. But Czechoslovakia was even beyond what we have today back then. And Dr. Milan Rizal was the one they had me debrief after I had done mission control. They gave me Dr. Milan Rizal, whom my ESP book that was published by Nick Begich, that uh, was um, basically uh, protocols on how to relate hypnosis, depth of hypnosis, to extrasensory perception. And back at the time I was doing that, both of those terms were considered pseudosciences. Today, both of them, we call ESP instinct, and we call hypnosis, you know, for controlling pain. And uh, I'm telling you, um, I was always ahead of the curve. Uh, it isn't about me. I am a lead scout for humanity, but uh, none of my thoughts, in my opinion, are original. I have built on other people like Roger Penrose. Roger had written, Penrose had written this paper, book, the textbook we did called The Geometric Universe. And I have just recently published the dodecahedral universe, building on his work. Now, is my work original? Well, yes, the diamond body and the work I did in video feedback. At that time, it was Stan Tennen and uh, some others that were doing the Meru project. But my project was independent. And it was Buck, Buckminster Fuller that hired me to understand and translate Bob Marshall. Marshall was a idiot savant. He, uh, uh, nobody can understand him. He was a heroin user out of uh, uh, down there in uh, Fort Bragg, Fort, Fort Jones, somewhere in there. And um, he couldn't, uh, I mean, people couldn't understand him. He was a true idiot savant. They brought me in because I'm a functioning savant. And what I did, he wrote everything out on a yellow tablet. And let me give you in chapter three. Chapter three, a Riemann mathematician uh, challenged the mathematical community to come up with an algebraic expression for recurring primes. Nobody's been able to do that in over 100 years. We put one number in, it comes up with 17. Next number in, 19, 23, that kind of thing. And so on base 10, Marshall visually threw it out on a piece of yellow tablet, a cone. Then he did spiraling numbers, one, two, three, four, five, going around the cone, going down the cone in a different pitch in the opposite direction. And you could draw a straight line through it. And that was his solution to Raymond. Now, that is brilliant beyond anything. And there's a whole book where I had a group of hedronists. These are sacred geometry experts that were edited by Dr. Lenny Time. And that will be the Marshall Papers. Let me tell you, there's some gems in there about sacred geometry. Now, that's one of my books, the manuscript sitting over there in a pile because I don't have the money to publish it. I've got many more. There's one called Spook Central on the work I did with MRU and that Carillion Photography. You know, that Carillion Photography paper I did so stimulated Dr. Bender at Pullman that he ended up building the first MRI based on my disproving Carillion and his work, the Russian stuff. That's what got me to SEAL Corp. And then once I was doing SEALs, I did so well with them SEAL Team 1, SEAL Team 2, SEAL Team 3. 
They then moved me to MRU, and that will become the Spook Central. I have another book called The Seal Reports on the 12 reports I did on how to develop Superman using biofeedback. One of the chapters that's in Power Tools, the using a didgeridoo, I used continuous breathing techniques to change your perception of time. And now your martial arts becomes paranormal. You have the precision of Tai Chi. I had studied wow. with a, uh, I had studied with Chan Chung out of Canada. He came down once a week and taught Tai Chi in Dr. Bestier's naturopathic school upstairs. And I was I was doing my herb company, working for the military. You don't think I had to thank you. He took me aside. He said, you're special. I had had 18 years of Hungar, Hungau, uh, Northern Shaolin. I studied with John Leon, Bruce Lee, was one of the kids in my class. There were four students, Bruce Lee, Skip Ellsworth, Fred Williams, and myself. And I got really good with Hungar. Then I, I, when, when uh, Chan Te Chung taught me his secret, I was able to be world champion in double sword, which is uh, 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 the eighth movement in Tai Chi using extension of your chi. Chi turns out to be microtubules, structured water in it that is outside the body. And that's how the meridian things come. Because when I was in anesthesiology, and reporting for Nixon, that's what we were doing with the acupuncture studies in Seattle. And that's where the microtubule concept first originated. Richard Chapman, Dick Black, I, I can name all the people that did it. I was there. And it was brilliant, like, like the 60s were for music. It was like something was happening here. You know, it's wonderful. And so I was known as the Wizard of Oz because Seattle is the Emerald City. And that's that. I was just Whiz kid out in the North End Highline District. Weird, weird little monster. I was a functioning savant. In third grade, they wanted to put me on drugs. I think my report card said, Ricky is very disruptive. He asks too many questions. Fourth grade, Mrs. Reed. <laughs> Mrs. Reed You're too nosy. Huh? After, well, no, no. I didn't read English until after fourth grade. Fifth grade, I read every single science fiction story. In the library, they have a little atom on the back of it. I can talk about semi- Which was your famous? Which one? Was Heinlein in there by chance? I'm sorry? Was Heinlein in there? Oh, in your, um, I was in, in your I, reading. I graduated in 19. I, I, was, I did my Maison Field Theory and projected the muon in 1960. It later became an elementary particle in the tachyon factory that it used. And in 61, I built a linear accelerator that created particles going faster than the speed of light. And those two were used then on the Mariner 4, three years later, to measure the water on Mars. That's why old man DuPont came to my graduation in high school, then in Washington State University. When I graduated from there, he took me back east, put me in grad school. That's where I met Gabor, wrote my paper, Holographic concept of reality. Did you ever meet I'm Robert uh, A. Heinlein? He was in the Navy, 1980. <laughs> that's yeah. the church of the Yeah, that's the whole. The whole thing is based on that. You know, the stranger, you know, strange land. Yeah, that's neo-pagan. That is 
Uh, what he calls himself now is Otter, <laughs> Church of All Worlds. Starship Troopers, the Puppet Masters, movies that uh, Destination oh, yeah, Moon, but wait, wait, yeah, but Andrea, all right, died yeah, there were, yeah, but the Church of All Worlds what, started in '66 and was started by Tim Zell, uh, who later became Otter. He's out of uh, Yakaya and started the Church of All Worlds, which was neo pagan and a large movement nationally. And that's where I started. Then I met Sandra Wachowski and became Coven Camelot, Star of the North. Uh, I was third degree witch, which means I was able to do initiations. And then Helen Parson Smith started roaming me. Her husband, Grady, was Caleb, and they were, they were uh, uh, grooming me to be Caleb for the OTO, and I turned it down. And that's why Breeze took it and then moved it to Berlin. But I, I, I have more things to do than lead. Right now, Freighter Shiva is still running Solar Lodge. And he had, uh, oh, what's that uh, guy that was a mass murderer and all the other, the uh, kind of thing. Oh, of Manson? Name now. Charles, yeah, Charles Manson? Yeah, yeah but, 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 but I'm still in touch with Freighter Shiva. And he ran, he ran that lodge. And I knew Gunther, Gernon, and uh, Bloat. I knew everybody in the OTO lot. Did you by any I, chance, uh, you didn't meet Ray Bradbury or Arthur C. Clarke during your time, did you, Isaac Asimov, any people like that? Philip K. Dick is my favorite now. I love Philip K. Dick's Dick stories. Is, uh, Dick was uh, someone that I met, and will you re- meet Norman Spinrad? He used to hang around with me and hang out and write stories around what we were doing. I could. Really? I did it. Oh, yeah. I had this. I demonstrated the control I could do on an audience using color and light, where I would just have a normal picture, and then I would start flickering it in certain flicker rates using different colors and geometry. And what would happen is I could, at will, within 10 seconds, make 90% of the audience all stand having to go to the bathroom. I had that kind of control. <laughs> and those were written in three unpublished books that now exist called The Diamond Body, Electromagic, and Yogatronics. And, uh, Do you have a Hollywood, complete list of all the books you've written by chance? Do you yeah, have a list, just one they're through a hundred? Ma- they're in boxes here. They're all in boxes. I have a ma- major book for every single year I've been out of graduate school. And I have at Good least four man. papers. I am a writer. I am inflamed. I am a, what, what do they call it? a man on fire when I write. And I uh, wow. nobody has it. Get who I well look at my look at my writing. Nine volume encyclopedia on alternative agriculture. I'm MacGyver. I chaired uh, the New Crops Development Board for the Oregon Department of Ag. Two governors. This governor doesn't even have that position anymore. I um well, my process. Your metaphysics. We can get your books. Some of them are pretty reasonable. You know, your audio books. It says fifteen dollars. Metaphysics thirteen and twelve. But we have to. Yeah, uh, but in order for what, us to. What? Each one of those has a gigabyte of old manuscripts from when I taught that course, so that you can go into the original sources and come to your own conclusions on my metaphysics. And what I want to do, teach again, type of Dumbledore, 
Eric, Eric Plum University. Oh, well, oh, you, gotta do it, you, you can do it online now. You know, a lot of people teach online, and yeah. we can still see I your did. face or your PowerPoint. I taught yeah. those using the well out of San Francisco, and I dived into uh, uh, IES, Interactive Educational System, in Humboldt, 1990. PC Link changed to AOL. Mark Hume hired me to set up all the metaphysics download libraries and teach it. The class was accredited at Harvard, and John Mack took Meta 3 and started his alien abduction studies. And I told John at that time, you know, that he's not going to prove the existence of God, but what he could do is treat the common malady. Targeted individuals and alien abductions is a metaphor for something happening on a more archetypal level. And when I said yeah, that... Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I, I was that. in Florida in Homestead when when the Bramwells, a very famous case that uh, Mac worked with, I was there when she was abducted. And how I stopped the abductions, I put a camera on her bed. And there it is. You can't prove the existence of God because they're way ahead of you. But what you can do is treat the ailment that they're all experiencing. And targeted individuals probably are typo. I don't think I can take a microwave and a gutter and hassle my neighbors. No problem with a wave gutter. Anybody can do that. You can buy stuff off the shelf. I did the early studies for the military on synthetic telepathy. And let me tell you this. 5G technology has the potential of being an end game weapon. And when I say that, it's Merlin said it to Arthur when he said anything not specifically forbidden is mandatory. If it's possible, you can count on it. Because it's all true and more. And that's a fact. So if you believe in aliens, how could you not? Holly would if she could. That's what Holly was made. A magic wand transform everything. That's why they used it as Hollywood. Now, you know, I have to tell you something. 3D printers didn't exist until a replicator was in your mind's eye. What makes something real is when you can see it in your mind's eye. It's not physics. Physics changes every 20 years. I am a physicist. I'm, I block both worlds. I know for a fact. Can I ask you a silly question? I just, this just came up for me, and I know this is going to be a silly question. A man may laugh at me. Don't, don't, don't but, do that. Just that. Okay. Well, what I was wondering was, you know, the gentleman that was uh, just passed, he was in a, in a wheelchair. I'm going to play a little mind game with you. And uh, he was better than Michio Kaku, and, he wrote, and Big Bang Theory had him on as a guest. And he could speak, but he couldn't speak. The great theoretical physicist in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From from uh, from MIT. Um, yeah, but the problem is, um, there's a bunch of us out there. We are lead scouts. So I'm I'm not a big deal. I have highest IQ measurement in the state of Washington. But guess what? How they discovered me was really weird. I signed up. Or reaction test. They wanted to know how fast when the light turned green, your reaction time would be. And what they found out with me was I was paranormal. I was knowing when the light would change. 
just before it would. I was doing. Well, are you called a theoretical physicist? Are you yes, considered I'm, a theoretical? I'm not. I'm an experimental. No, no, no. I'm an experimental physicist. That means I'm a genius with my hands. When I build something, it works. That's what I was best at. I built a linear and you went to, I didn't think. I you went to MIT. How many uh, courses uh, do you have to take in order to be a physicist at MIT? I you at went to MIT. Of, yeah. I was at the University of Delaware. I had 160 credits, and they sent me out to different universities to get the courses. Some of them were at MIT. Some of them were at Princeton, right across the river there. So I, I went all over when I was at Delaware. I worked under R.B. Murray, who was a Nobel Prize winner in solid state physics. That's where my master's came from. And, I, you know, dealing with event horizons, precursor waves, and uh, all kinds of lattice defects. That was one of the things I did when I was at the University of Chicago. They had an alien artifact. And the first thing I did with it, I fired a 50 caliber cannon at it and then went down with an electron microscope looking for lattice damage. That's when I discovered something that was 100 times stronger than diamond. We have that now. Back then, we didn't know about fullerenes, lucky balls. And this thing was electrophoresis in, in nature. If you shot at it, pulled around the bullet, foil, and then it would flow like water back into its original choke. It had memory. And that was uh, an artifact. They never told me where it was from. They never did. They never give you full disclosure. We, the rumor, but was that it came from the Florida Everglades. Who knows? But I have, in fact, been to Level 8, Room 8, when it was still going big time. That was not part of my tour, but I was requested by Trill himself. And well, I, are you the I've same age that. as Stephen Hawking? Are you 76? I'm 75. Okay, so he died at 76, but I'm sure we're going well, to keep I'm you around a lot longer. Dying, I'm planning on dancing on everybody's grave. According to my calculation, that's, that's what they put on my high school yearbook. According to my calculation, dot, dot, dot. That's the way everybody remembered me. According to my calculation, I'm going to live to about 142. I, um, well, I he, actually, he had that amitropic lateral sclerosis, right? But he was he was uh, he had amotropic oh, yeah. lateral sclerosis, right? Here's the problem with allotropic medicine. Allotropic medicine is one size fits all, and that is incorrect. Oh, okay. I watched my little girl die of leukemia in my arms, radiation that they gave her trying to cure her when she was 15 years old, and I have no. Uh, respect it all for most doctors. What they want to do after you're 65 is put you on scripts, put you over in the corner so you're recurring one, four times a year, and they collect from Medicare. That's allotropic medicine. What happens if oh, a wow. doctor come to dinner, you know, because he was your surgeon and saved your life? Cronin, Art Cronin, saved my arm. I have a bionic arm. It is three inch, four inches shorter. There's no bone in it at all. Most people can't tell that I don't have a real arm. Actually, I can't pick my nose with it. It's really bad. But the Amish showed me how to blow my nose with my finger. So, I, you know, I'm good. 
But uh, <laughs> sorry, I just move right along there. You won't get half of what I say, but I have fun with you. I have titanium in every single limb of my body from some of the places I've been. <laughs> are you serious? Oh, I do too, but not. I just have it in my neck. Now, so where serious? do you have titanium? You're right, Mondo 2000 with um, Madame Moo. That's how old I am. I used to write for that before. It was High Frontiers and later uh, Omni. Mondo 2000 was, uh, are you serious? Now, here's the editor. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that, huh? I'd love to learn more, and I, I really believe that you are definitely one of the best teachers we have, and you're very gracious with all your sharing on these radio shows and I'm very impressed how you keep up with your life and you've already done at least one radio show today and you're going to be on Jeff Rents soon uh, did you want well, to mention something about yeah Rents mm-hmm. is going to be a special show uh, Andy is a remote viewer retired living in England and his predictions in my personal humble opinion are the best I've seen of anything in terms of uh Oh, you know, uh, uh, who's the guy that does uh, the, I forget, uh, uh, observer, suspicious, suspicious observers, other, he's very, very good, and uh, predicted the California events, and they, uh, JPL, do their algorithms, and predicting weather in an algorithm thing that they're using down at Propulsion Labs, and I have to say, I have special knowledge I have a lot of friends in the, in the military there, and they are saying now that this weather that we're all currently enjoying, this winter will be the worst winter in recorded history. Further, by 2024, there will be parts of Canada that are no longer habitable. And I'm going to give you a warning. Uh, the, the first 50% of people that die, there will be lots of people that survive this, just like in the day after tomorrow. There will be a lot of people that survive. The first 50% that die will be from dehydration and exhaustion. If you cover those two, you have already given yourself more than 50% chance of survival. Most in the Northern Hemisphere will need at least 10 feet, probably 12 feet, for, you know, to be safe for approximately two weeks three weeks. And when you come up out of the hall, you're going to have to bring everything with you, including seed, because everything in that frost line is going to be dead and sterile. No seed. No mycorrhizae. No plant organisms. No nematode thrip. Red spider. None of it. It'll all be gone, baby gone. And the earth will be different. It'll be, well, it'll be down like Mars. In fact, Nibiru, I remember one of my friends at Nibiru uh, at, at JPL said, oh, that star out there, it's, it's a red dwarf, but, but, but it's by our signatures wrong. Another friend of mine said, yeah, it's like it has a Dyson sphere around it. And then I had to pop up with my weird humor. Yeah, it's our future coming by to pick up the rent because we didn't start here on Earth. Well, you're 
Do you believe? Well, I believe I believe we all started somewhere else other than here. I truly do. I just well, Mars would like to see in our origins. Uh huh. Yeah, Mars literally has physically more water than Earth does. It's a smaller planet. Now it has. It's got water. It's got lots of water. Lots and lots of water. It is. If there's a, a strange phenomenon called the Wernicke correction in the brain near the reticular activating center. And there is a protocol. If you hypnotize anyone cross-culturally, that means um, an African, Chinese, uh, Korean, American, whatever, doesn't matter, cross-culturally. And you use hypnosis and go down to that part of the brain and release memories. Every single one of us will have memories of having worked on the planet Mars. Now, that's archetypal. I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean literal necessarily because mostly we work in emotions, not things. But that you can find that under Wernicke Correction, comma, the Mars Project. And good luck with that one. Now, I well, have... You have it. Like well, your ESP induction, now you did that... Can you uh, do us an upgrade, like maybe a ebook two ninety nine on your ESP induction and self hypnosis? Yeah, a lot of people are learning about their past lives, and uh, we just had an event here. We had uh, some past life regressionists take people back where their memories are coming back, at and they do the remember. Moment, at the moment of death, yeah. At the moment of death, there is a five gram weight loss on all human beings. What is that? And that is microtubules with structured water in it, and five grams is enough material okay. one million, that's six zeros, more efficient than gallium arsenic. Gallium arsenide, we take gallium and arsenic, and you form a forbidden zone for your checksum error. That is our current computer memory system, and our little chips and so on, and water. Well, where does it go? Into space. More efficient. That's enough. Five grams is enough to hold memory of one million lifetimes. And when I say that, Amanda, do you want to jump in here? <laughs> I want to find out more of what you know for all these lifetimes. And Amanda, how would how do we ask it's the all question? Time is not okay. Here's the most important thing I can say tonight: time and space are constructs. They are the way. We see reality. They are not real. The time for a child is quite different than that of an adult. Is there yet? And it's uh, even St. Augustine called it a duration of consciousness. And what you're trying to do is go from the profane into the sacred. Something becomes timeless. Love making, whatever. That's where you go where time stops and everything becomes it's not about time. It is the way you store memory. Uh, going into time travel, going into the past, is to put the brain back into the same hologram it was when it received the information. And you can't quite do it. And that's why they say that memory is confabulated, because reproducing that hologram in time travel gives you so-called timeline. When you travel into the future, basically what you're doing, working in the now, and where your consciousness notices one thing that jumps out, significant, 
for synchronicity. That is how a future timeline talks to the moment. And if you can integrate that, at that moment, it becomes timeless. Now you're into the nature of why you're here and purpose rather than intent, which is where you create wounds and other things that make you uniquely different than another person. Now, wounds are blessings from God because they're tools in a toolbox. Anger. When I have anger, what a perfect emotion to use to wash a kitchen floor. Now, they're tools. And once you learn how to containerize them, that is the next stage in the advancement of man in his consciousness. And to learn how to, without taking drugs, taking drugs is a form of magic. Most people, when Leary wrote his varieties of psychedelic experiences, he said the Buddhists have four reasons for getting high, and only one of them is for recreation and escape. Be aware. If you can do such and setting, that's the purpose of honest journaling and Ira Proga. Now you have a way of integrating the experience so that you can evolve. Taking a drug, what it basically does, it's a toxin. And the body freaks out and produces a similar neurotransmitter and starts the brain's production of that. And lysergic acid amide is the one that connects one dot with another in the so-called aha, the chill going up your body. That's dimethyltryptamine, like Rick Strassman and those people are studying. Back when I was studying it, we called it telepathing because negative suggested that it gave you close encounters as a gate in the fifth and sixth dimensions. Now, there's things so going on. The portal that to, a, was that reality, though? Was that the other dimensions that one can see? I never used but LSD, but I've had out of body. I've lost you, blood, and it's taken yeah, me out of body. But if you don't have, if you don't, it's take consciousness, hallucinate. I wouldn't have seen it. I hadn't believed it. That's why the Sanoi, Richard St- Stephen Kaplan Williams, others, Jungian book, Dream Manual, talks about how lucid dreaming has more content to reality than consciousness does. Right now, you're asleep, and you keep coming back here. At the moment of death, man is offered, and this is in the Bordeaux at all, as safe. Man has a last choice, last decision to make. Does he go through the tunnel of light that Kubler-Ross and others have talked about? Does he go into the blue light? And the blue light is getting off the wheel, and the tunnel of light sounds an awful lot like the birth canal. As a metaphor, that's Gregory Bateson. What is your metaphor? Serve your paradox. So I have a couple Imagine. of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you, Matt. Matt, you got any questions for Dr. Rick Allen Miller? Not really. I, I fully agree with um, 95% of what, what uh, Dr. M says there. I, I've had him on qu- quite a few times because I do agree with him, and I go check out his videos and stuff. I've actually read a couple of his books. Uh, I highly recommend Power Tools of the 21st Century. Uh, that is an awesome book, and 
Y'all just need to go check him out. That, that's all I know. Uh, go that shameless self-promotion. Thank you, Matt Vayner. <laughs> I'm a I'm a starving artist, and uh, that's my only source of income. And when I closed down Amazon because they were bootlegging all my titles, I only had one source to get my books, and that's me. And so they've hacked the website. Huh. I have no income. And basically, I'm putting my site up again. Uh, Teresa others has given me some very valuable tools regarding Bluehost and some of the other problems I'm encountering. But I'll tell you what, there's more going on here, my dear Horatio. And I have no clue because when I encounter something smarter than me, it creeps me out. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. You feel like it's an artificial intelligence or some uh, some code out there, and we know that it's like everywhere we go, and even shopping computers, everything seems to be run now. Our our money, our banks, by computers, and people don't even trust their own selves. And I've caught myself saying because it's in the computer, I, that's just school, the way it is. Okay, when I was in high school. The person that beat me out in science fair, nationals, in science fair, I made it to nationals. I went to the nationals. I came in second. I was always number two. I was never number one in anything. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, you know who beat me out was Robert Strom. He had a computer called Univac. And it was a relay mm. system. And I was a high school kid, too, out of New York. And what I did is I got very interested, and I wrote my first science fiction and it was basically like the Forbin project where this computer had all the knowledge of some man's knowledge in his fingertips. And they turned the switch on and they asked the computer the first question, is there a God? And the computer, without hesitation, said, there is now. Read it and weep. That's what Kurzweil and others are quite concerned about. And you should be. Because huh? Even the third generation D-Ways out of Abbotsford right now, um, they cannot, they're using them for law enforcement in Chicago. They deployed them up there to stop crime 28 minutes before the event occurs, just like in minority reports. However, a computer cannot go doing purpose because you're not in conflict with anything. It is the wound and working from a place of wounding that creates intent. And if you work from a place of purpose, you are essentially invisible. That's a metaphor. A place of purpose. So this gives us our visibility here in this three-dimension, or I guess third-dimensional world, or that one that we call reality versus one that we create do you believe that, like many people say, that part of us is kept in the Akashic field? Or where do you think the majority of our memories are stored? Is that a bona fide question? I mean, I'm in asking the multiverse, it, in the structured water that leaves and goes back into the multiverse. And it's part of one chapter. It's called Time Travel. It's called Time Travel and the True Nature of Cavitation. It is a membrane where a drop of water hits a pool of water. And the drop of water into a pool of water and what does it pops back up again Quick, but that is no longer a drop of water what it is is a bubble of structured water 
containing the medium in which it fell, like air blowing into a cavitation, into the out of a true Taurus twister. And so when, when Hawkins and Penrose wrote that book on the universe, there's point, counterpoint. Hawkins talked about a black hole, and Penrose talked about Taurus twisters, basically. And at the end of the chapter, a book, both came to the same conclusion. Now, I personally do not ascribe to, to the TOE, the theory of everything. I don't think it works like that. We basically, in physics, start with assumed truths and definitions before we go to postulates, theorems, and the rest of it. And basically, assumed truth might be the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Today, we know that that's not true. With simple tensor math, I can prove the Earth is flat. Is the Earth flat or round? And the correct answer is yes. It's both predicated on your assumed truths and your definitions. Information, which is different than quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is basically, quantum theory, is basically taking an analog system and digitizing it, just like we did with music. When you digitize it, okay, basically what you're doing is you create Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. And the more you know about one thing, the less you know about something else. You can't get there from here. And it's no longer about Schrodinger's cat. It's about his cat house. There's a bunch of cats in there that are dead, living, and dying. Oh, how do they put it in that French movie? There is the living, there is the dead, and there are those that go to sea. <laughs> now, with that said, basically, holographic universe works on the nature of information and its resolution. And that's where Dune came in with the Benny Jesuits. You have the IQ, which is the physical plane. And above that, you have the EQ, the emotional plane. How you feel about the physical plane. It has more information, like a fractal. Mental brought, Julia or May pattern. It has a generator. It generates out in quadrants in terms of dodecahedral universe, which is what I wrote about. I have the math on how it is. And today, new directions in mathematics using the multiverse deal with string theory that's tied in the knots. It's called knot theory. Your plasmas do not interface with each other, and you can have a bowl and squeeze it this way, and the universe moves that way. That will be Kaufman and his mathematics. And with that said, um, none of it's real. They're constructs that forms in what is known as cybernetic anthropology. This is the idea of memes and the idea of tribal, where you have groupthink, which is different than singlethink. So the way Chicago is laid out as a city, with the slums over here and the shopping mall there, sets up this music standard that's quite different than Washington, D.C. and the jazz that they play there. Has to do really that's music. This is so this is Laughlin, this is Laughlin, the Aquila, and McManus, and a monumental book I taught on magic, metaphysics, you know, old metaphysics things. Yes, I did that in the 90s. 
And that has to do with brain, symbol, and human experience. It's called cybernetic anthropology. And what a meme is. And the way we group basics. Now, John Bohm, or David Bohm wrote about that. He called it 10 years after I did my papers. It's called Different Similarities, Similar Differences. The implicate order in the way you move from one system to the next in resonant cavity oscillations. Now, uh, are you familiar I, with the gentleman that wrote Holodynamics? I had Holodynamics, uh, University of Hawaii, with Dr. Uh, what was her name? Dr. Laura Sturgis, and uh, the gentleman, I believe he was from uh, your area of the country, California, or have you heard the word I live in like Oregon. that? There's quite a difference between California. I'm in the free state of Jefferson. Hoorah. Oh, this was by <laughs> Dr. Vernon Wolf. He was uh, yeah. holodynamics. He may have coined the term transforming your holodynamics, transform Wolf. your life. Yeah. Fred Vernon Allen Wolf, PhD. One of my students at Evergreen when I was first faculty there. And uh-huh. Jeffrey Mishlow also. That's how old I am. I've been teaching a long time. Then I dropped out and became a farmer. And now I'm back in. And teaching metaphysics. Meta means beyond. That means But they won't, my, they won't let you grow grow herbs, will they? Will they I mean are uh, marijuana or the types of uh, I, I have I no did, education about I that. I did Indica <laughs> as a polyploid for the Boeing company in Lunar Base Alpha One in nineteen sixty seven under Art Pilgrim. It later became the Space Center, but it was Lunar Base Alpha One. And there's a major interview of me in High Times growing pot on the moon, February 1992. And, uh, my, wow, my did you do a paper or book on that discovery or that <laughs> did actual? I, do a paper? <laughs> I would say, yeah. did we get the right light on this one? <laughs> pot uh, on now, the moon. You see, that probably the bumps uh-huh. of Mars are going to be how, what we're going to do is we're going to grow our buildings using hemp and manure as the binding agent. Hemp and manure. And Elon Musk, that's how they're going to do it with a 3D printer, just like in the Martian. I wrote a screenplay for uh, 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 Netflix. They, cut, they wanted me to do one. It's called The Domes of Mars, and how we live on other planets where they're way more hostile using hydroponics and other kinds of vertical aquaculture. Harmonic system. I did the first hydroponics under Art Pilgrim. I'm an old, old art. <laughs> Well, are you best known for investigating unexplained phenomena? Because I, I know you're a wonderful teacher, and in esoterics, you know, when you look at metaphysics or esoterics, they haven't listed any of the latest uh, people that would be considered the greatest metaphysicians in today's time. They only list the old people. You know, I, uh, like I in, love men. Wikipedia. I, yeah, and Ledbetter. And, uh, oh, yes, let's see. Francis is really regarded. These guys are some of my teachers. And I taught at Rosecroy. I taught at Indralea. I've done my tours. I'm no longer wanting to really be a teacher as much as I'm seeking colleagues. And this is an important point here. 
when I studied Tai Chi, my Sifu said, you do not learn Tai Chi, you study it. Because everybody does it differently, and what you're doing is integrating it into your own system and making it yours. And so you don't learn something, study it. Well, in metaphysics, they say, what is it like or what is there? But with our group, we have metaphysicians and we have space advocates, and it still all falls under cosmology and then the study of being ontology. But with someone like you that studied it all and, and knows all the big words, you know, we're, we're still the wizard <laughs> of, of, of our club, <laughs> metaphysics and the branches thereof. So uh, I guess we should start probably with asking you to help us formulate some course instruction at a good price so these people can purchase them and put them on their computer and study them, I guess. I don't know. How would you uh, – you told us we needed 60 people. Well, it, instead of bringing you over here physically, how would we set up these courses with you? And Ahmad can help me. But to Once set up webinars on, on, online, we'll do it as a as a Zoom or or Skype, and uh, we'll record it for sale for those that make videos out of it, and then we'll edit those where we add pictures and take my my face talking out of it. That's okay. how I want to do it. And I okay. you know, and the kind and the kind of artwork I like is the new software, where as I'm talking. Somebody's drawing artwork and moving across the board so you see the ideas I'm doing conceptually like a comic book. National Geographic Children in England just asked me to submit some articles. And what I did is a manga comic on structured water with Aqua Girl and the Lost Secrets of Water. And there are a bunch of oh, uh, wow. Snow White. Yeah, that's what I do. I like to work with children. I like to do comic book studies like manga and adventures of where you learn the physics like you would from Radio Shack or some of the older uh, uh, science magazines that I like, Boy Scientist and Boy Mechanic. You do it physically and, and, and with exercises. How does Aqua Girl get to the top of that tree? And we talk about capillary action and how the structured water part of water. Water is not just H2O. It's deuterium. In fact, the entire sea between uh, Australia and, and Antarctica is mostly deuterium. That's where they mine it. And uh, uh, there's tritium, which doesn't last very long. And then you have Old Man Willard and uh, some of the original people, uh, Reich, and other rice that talk about structured in terms of um, uh, molecules where they group uh, H3O7 with a free radical ion. That's three water molecules that are clustered with a free ion. That's Willard water. And then you have Jerry Pollock in the fourth phase of water where you have hydrogen peroxide with a third hydrogen molecule that joins to its H3O2. Now, I... Water has many different phases, phases on Mars, quite different. And what we're learning now is that copper and carbon 
have similar. You have the coloring thing. That would be my next set of comics. After I taught them structured water in about seven different comic books, then I would move to fullerene, showing how carbon does the same thing. Carbon bonds with itself till it forms nanosheets. However, carbon also, when you have 60 molecules, forms a complete ball. And the spacing between the molecules is 1.4 nanometers, just a much, just wide enough to take a single water molecule. And when water touches anything, it has memory, which means it's completely surrounded, and that's what makes fullerene the best antioxidant the world will ever know. It will go in and take out radiation. Ukrainian studies, they made fullerene waters, and they gave lethal doses of radiation to rats, and 95% of them survived. Put deuterium well, inside it. Now you have a weapon. Mm-hmm. Because Lockheed developed a teleportation laser, Carnegie Mellon on a trigger mechanism. And what you can do is you have the, that's a new weapon being deployed everywhere. It's a tactical thermonuclear fusion bomb using carbon and deuterium. And when you watch Building 7 fall in free fall, and a thousand foot, 17 foot steel beam falling and dissolving into vapor, that is where it was first deployed as a, a beta. And uh, now Soviets have that. Uh, it's using it Golan Heights everywhere. And the bad news is the precision on that one is 1.4 nanometers. Every single thing we do has a good side and a bad side because that's what man is, a polarized God. And when I say that, God's everything. And what man does, you look at a fence over there and you say, is that a white fence or a black fence? You say, well, it's white. I can see it. But that's, you can't. It's a metaphor. You cannot see the other side of it. And so the correct answer is yes. Well, how does yes deal with counterfactuals in causality or the philosophy? You know, how do we use that in quantum theory? Because teleological future causes... Under classical well, causality? here's the bad news. Quantum mechanics is no longer useful. And what we've gone to is a more holographic system of information rather than space and time, which are constructs. Is that modal realism? In- or what, what would you- Yeah, well, here's the bad news. Information is not what you think it is either. Because there is a theorem in information theory that states if you have enough information ask a coherent question. You have enough information to answer it. The answer is contained in the frame of the question because it is the way information folds down into or out of itself. And what I've done... Well, is that an analytical truth based on philosophers, though? Do you think that's analytic truth uh, that's universally held by philosophers? Is that what we're talking about? I... I, I don't know how to respond to that. What I can tell you is that physics and religion are the opposite ends of the same brain. That's why you have two of them. That's why the sun has a cavitation. And that's why our black hole has a white hole somewhere else. 
That is so you, a way of looking. We have to defer to ourselves. Is that a? It's a philosophical question from central to peripheral, maybe. Or we observe ourselves, and it does feel like that that we have an inner observer. Well, here's the deal. It? You know, they equated me as the real Fox Mulner, and I'm going to state right up the gate: truth is not out there. It's in here. It's inside you, and the truth is different for each of us. And that is the wonder and glory of the diversity of man. I've watched whale, which are different, sing a song just like the American Indian. The Indian, they call it, American Indian calls it medicine. It is the song and dance of their forefathers. It's their history. And that's why the whale songs are identically the same and uniquely different from one whale to the other. They're singing medicine, history. And it is kind of like in the movie Enemy Mine. There is truth in all of us. And that's where and it's an instinct. It's not logic. The upper brain, the one we call the mind, is there to make all our beliefs true. I, I wouldn't have seen it. I hadn't believed it. It's a tool to change reality. Why? Because it is a four-dimensional hologram, five states. And that means you sliders. Every single reality is available, predicated on which part of the brain you're going to work from. Warnicky correction in the Mars Project just opening the first of many, many doors. We have not even begun. The study of altered states as an advanced form of physics is the latest in all of that. You watch a woman rip a car door off, save her daughter. Adrenaline did not make the bone in her body stronger than steel. How does that work? The only conclusion or assumed truth is that the laws of physics change in these different altered states. And what we need to do now is begin a map of ontology like they did in the appendices in previous epochs. They call those the jhana states different states of cosmic consciousness. And there were eight of them. And that's why Larry had eight in his neurologic circuit. So I use those as gateways. There's a physical, emotional, intellectual. Intellectual is where you distinguish a chair from a couch. An archetypal. Next one up, fourth one up. That's where I am you. You are me. And I am the walrus. Well, now we've got. Well, do we do neutral monism? But you know that would consist of: are we our mind rather than everything else exists in our mind? I guess you would call that panpsychism. But in the dual. Well, in uh, yeah, panpsychism is one way of looking at the universe. Listen, I wrote um, a book called Modern Alchemist, which is now used as a graduate level text in psychology all through Canada, and I can tell you, basically. Jungian concepts, Carl Jung. Uh, I, that book is a book of definitions, like the dark night of the soul, and the stag, and the unicorn, and the forest skull. Soul and spirit within matter. And it's the way we look at things as Christian mystics in the 14th century, in Lampsprings. I did the old German into English and added psychological commentary on our current concepts of Jungian psychology. The next book that follows that is titled 
magical and ritual use of metaphor, archetypal gods in daily living. You are either possessed, one single story going on, or you are complex, more than one. Most of us have five of 12 basic stories going on. Each one. Do so you think that's mutually exclusive, or is it, do you get into oh, determinism and free will? Stephanie having to go back to Hades once a year. Uh, you know, there, there are basically the Greek technologies suggested that there were 22 stories in the big city, each one representing the path in the tree of life. And pathworking is when you apply the magic and ritual format, celebration of a myth, to change the movie. And so is that the free will be. problem? Or the problem whether or not we control our own existence and actions and decisions based on the 22 paths? Or is that law of probability? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you know what stories you're playing with, do you want those endings? You don't. So the tra- change. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's called pathworking. Pathworking is that, so that is in the- Well, I'm going to try and move magic into advanced physics as a study in the movement of altered states for gifts that God gave us down here in uh, a brief moment of time. So do you think that the, the game of life has the law of probability in it, that we can have these 22 paths based on the law of probability between action and I reaction? Is, we can, the third? can at some point possibly in my lifetime be able to choose what age you want to be and reverse aging. That's Ward Dean, who was Surgeon General of the Marine Corps. He wrote a book called Biological Aging Mechanisms, Clinical Approach. And the conclusion of every single way we measure aging, from telomerase on down, is reversible. Hoorah. Well, what about the classic, the classical ways that I guess it'd be ontology. I'm not sure numbers, mathematics, but it's if uh, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson says he's concerned that our level of species doesn't know the right questions, which makes sense. If we, if, ah, it goes back your, to the philosophy. If you ask the right question, then you know Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> yeah, says me. Right. Open. So yeah, there you go. That, ask the right question. And that's where you're well, can we talk a little? Well, can, we can't we address that? Let's let's address that in our definition of who we are, because everybody has a right to create and co-create together. And I'm hoping to uh, get this set up as soon as possible, so we can have webinars. I'm kidding. Well, it's it's a mess because we have peripheral questions in cosmology, but this determines. Mostly, mm-hmm. mostly, your saints all through history have told you that it's training the mind. That is the purpose of meditation. I immediately, 1977, went out and met Sharon Singh, and I became a satsangi, training my mind. And today, I have discovered uh, brain drivers and other kinds of shortcuts to grandma's house. But like ritual magic and taking drugs, as opposed to doing it the long way, training the mind, 
big bad wolves out there, and you have to be very careful. And so uh, training the mind is what we need to do next because we're well, we all, have very few, including me. A little, we have very few, few scholars such as yourself at the highest level. You know, People think of Stephen Hawking, but that's in theoretical physicists. But you're more of a metaphysical uh, philosopher, but you have Hindu philosophy, and we're looking for the origin of man and God, but our self-worth in the Upanishads or ancient uh, scriptures. I don't know how we're going to do all this. We've studied world religion. Voice of the silence. Theosophy. Let's start with that one right now. All of you that are listening to me right now hear music in your head. Right now, this moment. You can okay. hear it. You don't listen Got to music. it very often because you're well, I'm trying to say something. That's the shabbat, the lost chord. You focus on that. That's called bhajan. Simran and bhajan. You focus on that sound. You will leave your body. And this is not astral projection. This is soul travel hmm. where you physically go back home for a brief moment. And my teacher, Charan Singh, wrote a book called Die to Live. And it's so a you believe articulating is a form of creation, maybe? Articulating sound? Is that what you're saying in our sound, meditation? It all possibly? With the word of God. It's all started with sound. Even your Bible is using sound as a form of technology in relating sound to words in the Sefer Yetzirah, the Book of Formation. Now that so between dreams and people, ritual, we can use always that in perennial in terms philosophy. Of feelings, never in terms of things. Dream manual. So you're more of a shaman. Are you a shaman? Higher order of information. I'm sorry. Are you a shaman of sorts in metaphysics, behavioral shaman, uh, shaman ritual? John Curtis Gowan. I'm going to try to educate you on concepts here. John Curtis Gowan. Okay. Wrote several very important books. One was called The Development of the Psychedelic Individual. It had nothing to do with psychedelics. Then he went to this monumental book called Trance, Art, and Creativity Prototoxic, Parataxic, and Syntactic Modes of Consciousness. And a shaman is a very low level awareness, goes into a trance state, places his consciousness in the eye of an eagle, and sees what the eagle sees. That is called so this altered state of consciousness is the simplest way to break it down in etymology, just well, an altered state. Well, I'm trying state. to give you an ontology of mystical states. That's in Chapter 8 of Power Tools. There's an ontology okay. of mystical states. In hypnosis, we have 100, and in the ESP, I came up with 102 different relatable biological measurements related to the depth of hypnosis. Then in power tools, I related the ontology of mystical states, and in the non-local mind, the third in that book series, I'm going to relate neurotransmitters and their relationship to one another. What I did, I broke a language and was able to talk to a specific neurotransmitter using electromagnetic fields, wave shaping with Amora and Endemet. I could do a sawtooth wave and put a back on it here. I was able to break into and codex specific neurotransmitter. That neurotransmitter gave me access to two other neurotransmitters because it talks to two others. The gate was broken. Then I had access. 
And that's where we're going in consciousness. And that's what I'm doing, well, you're- learning how, using my mind's eye, and visualizing certain specific. You know what a time machine is? It is a face center cubic hexagonal closed pack structure visualized in your mind's eye. That is Ezekiel's vision. That is the throne chariot of God. It is a time machine because your resonant cavity oscillation set up in the neural cavity, a resonance, and you visualize certain kinds of sacred geometry. And now you have a time machine, literally. And it's a metaphor of what I did when I did my studies with the military. And those three unpublished books are the Diamond Body, Electromagic, and the Yogatronics. You have no idea where we're going. This is very exciting for me because I've been doing this for a long time. And most people don't even get what I'm going to discuss yet. It's okay. Maxwell was the same thing. Yeah. Well, we can order your books, your workbooks, Power Tools for the 21st Century, and uh, get started with the books and the workbooks. And would that at least prepare us to start our webinars if we tell people first, go towards the yeah, evolution of consciousness? Towards the evolution of consciousness. Yeah, I would like to teach a one- or two-hour course every week for eight weeks of credit. And I'm good enough. I taught at Harvard, graduate level. And I'm prepared. If I can get the right staff to do artwork for me, I can put some material together that will lead you with Metaphysics 101. And we go right straight down. Well, man's pretty good. If uh, I don't know if he could do it while you're talking. That's almost like you have to do a uh, Spock mind meld, isn't it? <laughs> Star Trek. I know, have that device in, in my house right here. And I'm going to put it up for sale. I need to make money. That's how I'm going to have to sell my biofeedback laboratory. What I'm seeking, actually, are individual patents, patrons, individual books that I've written. Five grand with a 10% return on your money for sales. And I've got 40 manuscripts ready to go right now. Hoorah. And I have been doing this a long time. And I think just the talk and the way I'm speaking you either get me or you don't uh, that's why the military used me that's why old man DePont was there and i am just one of several i'm in contact with other people you know there's um jackson Friday, you know the names we've been around a long time i'm 75 and i have got history successful books that i've written the magical and ritual use of verbs i assign rituals Keep those 28 herbs out of the Uniform Controlled Substance Act, 1974. So you've had <laughs> to do legal as well, then. You're your own paralegal, Well, that's I guess. what made peyote legal in the Native American religion and why you're able to do dimey church right now, because these are native plants like cab crabgrass. It grows everywhere. It's a native plant, and it contains neurotransmitters Almost as if it's not about chemistry, it's a delivery system for God. Well, tell us a little That's bit about mushrooms, because we don't want the kids eating the wrong ones. You've got ones. psychedelics, you've got gourmet, and you've got pharmaceutical. I have three new books coming out on how to grow each one of those in your home. Okay. So you're a, a survivalist as well. We don't cover much on your herbs usually. I'm more into the 
mind science and the science fiction yes, and getting you to write some good Philip K. Dick travels. Yeah. yeah, but in terms of allotropic medicine, they're now suggesting yeah. that psychedelic mushrooms heal you on a spiritual level, and that proliferates down into the physical. And that means placebo is now no longer 10%, but 60 And that's what the mind's eye is about. Well, what's the common ingredient out there? Is there, there's, is there any in America that's like psychosyllab? Was it psychosyllab? Oh, God, I can't even say it anymore. Not that I ever could. Basically, is there <laughs> any out there that people grow in America that can grow uh, for real, that won't kill them, that uh, will make their a mind alter, possibly? The I'm not a mushroom person either. Yeah, chapter one, the one I gave my Navy SEALs. It's Cordyceps sinensis, and I hybridized it so that it delivered more polysaccharides, oxygen, on a cellular level than any other food in our, in our food arsenal today. And that has to do with HCP, which is, if you look at it, is a quark gluon plasma and where cold fusion occurs in the body. Goodness. Now, you, running it your down, time, that's for sure. What's that? So you're ahead of your uh, time, that's, that's I, for sure. Well, that's what I did for sales. I was Aloha Medicinals, a Canadian rep for eight years until that criminal took our business away from us after I opened up Canada. Canada had restrictions. You know, you couldn't just do it. So we went in as dog cancer, healing the dogs, giving them cordyceps. Now, let me tell you this. You feed your animal what you feed yourself. My chocolate lab lived to 18 years old. And I had to put her down with renal failure. And I was feeding her cord cells. And that oxygen kept her dog. You know, my dog just, she was an artifact from my little girl that died of leukemia. It was her dog. And when she died, I took her dog and kept him. And I kept, I fed Princess. Same food I ate. And that dog lived to 18. And when I took and had to have Princess put down, I took her last breath of air in me. And that's because now Princess is still here with me. That's how you do it, physically. Well, you're a big help for all these authors out here, but we really would like to learn, at least the people I know, they're talking about having their own schools and me being like a ace life coach. You know, I just do a little bit in cosmology. I wrote knowing cosmology, but ascension age. Well, we Let me get a little this. bit I'm, into that I'm with you. I have been mm-hmm. given a university, a real university with credits and all of that, registered in the state of Florida called Eric Fromm University. Matt Abe Avarello, my friend since 1970, was head of the Brazilian Secret Service. And he retired after 42 years, a few years back, and then had a near-death experience recently. And I've got him on a special diet. <laughs> He's not allowed to eat anything uh, more than 1,200 calories a day. And uh, everything he eats has to be 10% or less uh, from fat. That means power bars don't work. And uh, that man is going to live to 112, probably, even though he was obese. In Oregon, I would say that 12 
Oh, no. It sits like one in four people are obese in Oregon. I have personally used my own diet, and I have lost 42 pounds in the last eight months. I'm down now at 210 from 267. And I'm going to 198. I don't know if I can get there, but that's where I'm going as a six-foot monster. And I, when I was martial arts, <laughs> I was 178, 179. So, you know, I'm an old man, and I'm trying to be like Norm Sheely. Walk my talk. And when you say a well, we're doctor, close to the same size. what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> Well, when I when I got in the Navy second time around as a four by ten, I don't know what I was in the beginning because I have no recollection or memory of it. But uh, the one I do remember, four twenty nine eighty five, I was five eleven one seventy six pounds. But after aged, you know that was in eighty five, and now this is twenty nineteen. But it's our bones must grow. I mean, you know more than I do about nice human anatomy. Try. It's called muscle, not fat. And they're different. Muscle, not fat. What I, I do right. swim. I swim, I walk, and I hike. And I, Matt Stein, we thought Matt was going to dance on all of our graves. And he died Christmas Eve in the auric aneurysm. You say the unexpected. We have a story to do here. And I have miles to go before I sleep. You have a lot of work to do, and we're hopefully going to help you. I'm not sure what our part is other than to get you to understand we're willing to go through whatever it is you're willing to teach us in metaphysics, and that's because I enjoy learning. And there's obviously everybody doesn't know everything, so we put them in books so we can go when we can't retain everything in this universe. So well, working the with the divine today cosmos. Don't even read anymore. That's the problem well, that we've got right out of the People don't want to read anymore. Yeah, they're what? visual learners with TV, and I, yeah, but I'm not what? sure. When I was in second grade, my my class taught Latin. Sum estest, sum estest Now, I'm going to say something. You know, the scholarship part of a grandchild swearing at an old man, what's wrong with that? Allotropic medicine, one size fits all. What's wrong with that? There are issues across the board that are metaphor in terms of there are three ways of being in this universe. This is my father's teaching. There's the vulgar, the adept, and the exempt. And the vulgar get audited, and the adept gets money back from the government. But the exempt has a 501c3. They don't pay taxes. And I've always wanted to be grade seven or above master of the temple that means i'm captain and commander right now my grade is grade eight i'm a gs18 that means i don't report to anybody above me including if the president of the united states were to show up it's my bunker for the military and it took me all my life to get to this place and i'm captain and commander just like in the movie i run this ship the way i want to run it and that's called being sovereign in the free state of Jefferson. There's a movie out about a thing called Black Rain about the free state of Jefferson and a detective that's trying to solve a murder. 
in that future crime. It's called Black Rain. It's a very interesting world. Ernest Callenbach. Well, you always promote, sort of you've, you've always been good about bringing us a new movie we should watch or a trailer. They should pay you for that because you're really good at finding stuff that maybe people will miss. But uh, Black Rain. So you're saying that you like that movie? Yes, I did. There's a new one called The Code. And then there's a French movie on Netflix called Unit 42. But the one I really like, Designated Survivor. That's telling exactly what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. Metaphor. All right. Well, say it again so we can pay attention. So you, you do pay attention to politics. What was the last oh, yeah. one you mentioned about well, Washington, D.C.? Well, what do you think is going on in Washington, D.C. right now with Trump and, and Clinton? Both of them, the, the president is supposed to represent our most scholarly and morally correct. And Clinton, I mean, Bundy Ranch here down just south of me was about uranium. There, She's going to go to prison. And Trump, oh, my God, I didn't vote for Trump. I voted Against Clinton, I, 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 I'm telling you that what we've been hijacked, and it's by what by what. Uh, so well, let's look at the the hierarchy of other worlds. There's a theory going around since we're not from the planet anyway that there's a core group of people that have always been exposed, especially after World War II and the German Hitler regime. I don't know if whether you agree with that or not. You know, we well, talked about the Bilderberg blood. group. There you start with the blood groups. And what I'm going to – you know, where did – Well, there's so many from? that don't – I don't know that that matters, to be honest with you, you know, well, with the blood groups. It matters you think the Bilderbergs, are they really pure bloods? And if so, it, we go back to J.K. Rowling's uh, Harry Potter with you being – Albus Dumbledore, right? But you know, which yeah. he was a half blood, you know. So the well, Elo- Illuminati. Yeah. What do you think a blue blood is in terms of the appendages and and Shiva? Now there are things going on in this world I'm quite familiar with because I did the paranormal studies. For example, there are life forms that are not human that live among man. Uh, the first book on parapsychology was written by R.D.L. Lang called The Secret Commonwealth of Elf, Fawn, and Fairy. And that led to Findhorn. And my daughter, actually, when she was doing the solar eclipse, captured a fairy in her movie. And on closer inspection, it has wings. There is a movie by Pierce Brosnan called Nomads as a Metaphor. Now, I'm going to say I have discovered life forms like uh, Jim Morrison, 10 years old, when Montanga died at the crossroads and crossed over to the other side. That consciousness, like the Dalai Lama, does not die. It passes on to a human being. And actually... So do you think the bloodlines do have something to do with it then? No. With your Dalai Lama? with alternate life forms that are in among humans, like lichen, like, like lichen and, and uh, werewolves. I 
friend of mine was down yeah. off the hill in, in, in Wolf Creek. A werewolf is back after 200 years. It's a legend up there. Wow. It's probably just some tweaker running around naked in the woods on drugs. Who knows? Well, but we only know what we experience, but we have to decipher what we experience. We have well, to take it in through our peripheral vision, I guess. Different. Everybody's truth is different. And I see things like shapeshifters. That was one of the things I did like the Oregon Vortex. When I did the Oregon Vortex, I flew over the Oregon Vortex at 20,000 feet with an interferometer, and it was bending a light at 20,000 feet. Now, what bends light at 20,000 feet? A mini black hole. The Earth has ley lines and has been impregnated with the Bermuda Triangle and other kinds of anomalies that previous epochs used as ley lines. And the way you go in that direction, that's where all your churches are. And if you go in that direction over there, that's where all the bars are, etc. It is a metaphor in terms of groupthink. That's cybernetic anthropology again, by the way. We've been here before. The Clovis that they're unearthing down in Mexico that trawled out of a cave at Hopi, second ring, Navajo, they had spaceflight. You go over into France in the Cave of Dreams, and on closer inspection on that barbaric bison that's painted there with the star map of the little dots around us, you go further south down near Croatia, and that same star map is in reverse. And the only way you do that is in space. So you tell so you me. But you do believe there's other levels of life on this planet besides. The human sentience, yeah, I guess, why, or Homo sapiens sapiens. Yeah, right. Yeah, the bright. That men in Black International coming up. So Men in Black International is yeah. closer well, to the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I was a Men in be. Black, and I didn't get that suit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I didn't get that <laughs> well, suit. Yeah. Well, I, you and I both have you. a level of clearance. So we both were had the Navy contact, and we both have been around aliens or had CE5. Okay, close encounter well, of the gotta fifth admit, kind. When you say, are aliens real, the correct response is, how could they not be? And when you say, yes. what happened in Las Vegas, the correct answer is, everything you could imagine and, because that's the way it's playing now. The correct answer is, that fence white or black? Yes. Anything you can imagine and more. Well, we're going to have to learn about our entity relationships, not just with banks and commercial and industry. All that does take a part in our immediate processing of how the global world works. However, all the information in the future is going to be based on what we create. And I I wonder if your level of controls with these entities, uh, do you have any inside knowledge on the various levels? Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. In Mm -hmm. Jungian psychotherapy, Control is a fantasy. And while the Rothschilds at all may think they have control, watch what happens shortly with the American dollar. Well, the level of entities controls. Do you think so there's outside entities? Because being universal, and we know there's other universes. Yeah, so there's this science fiction movie that is called... uh, Mercury Rising, something like that. They're like uh, Jerry Clark. And uh, uh-huh. at the end of the movie, I was interviewing the alien 
world, you know, the, uh, the universe's uh, master. And the guy says it's about food chain. And Bob Dylan said it best. Everybody's got to serve somebody. Well, we're going to have to do an entity relationship diagram <laughs> in our alienology. And I'd like you to assist. I'm very serious in one of your well, diagrams with your artist. I'm not very knowledgeable in that. I have ideas, but uh, I can tell you that the Dogon Society is a Dogon tribe. Very interesting in terms of uh, Laura Croft and uh, some of the discoveries that she made in her journeys. That is all where I've been, I have seen things. I have no idea what they mean. And I know well, let's some try of them to are not even knowable. The requirements. Well, well they're not even knowable help in any each other. Because, yeah, yeah, but wait a minute. This is an important concept. They're not knowable at any concept. Like Simon says, you can go halfway to the door. The focus on the door is about the journey. Miss. Well, how can on our journey, if we don't know the determination of the requirements for the information system, how are we supposed to conceive or draw or con, have a con, you know conceptualize it for those of us that can see? Correct answer on that. Answer for those that can't see. The correct answer on that. We have to have some attributions. Is, yeah. Correct answer. Yes. It's all of the above, and more. Man, well, can you blessed. can you help us? Because you are I'll the do what I can. wizard I of want, uh, you're the wizard of ACO. I'll do Harry Potter. I do not want to be Dumbledore. I will be one of the teachers. Well, you're but definitely going to. You've got the looks and you've got the experience and the expertise and your well, role I'll do is one our side of Dumbledore. I'll do one side of, yeah, yeah. But here's You'll the be the deal. dean of metaphysics for us. That's about a definable thing, a concept, isn't it? We're coming up with a concept for our our authors and our readers and our fandom. The problem that you're doing, yeah, the problem is about consciousness. It is a dream. And as long as you understand that, it's not about knowledge and growth like that. There's something else going on. Conceptual, logical, physical, you know, we have entity attributes. So the visual paradigm has what? You know, of, of the people are describing entities, whether they're in their lucid dreams, their dreams, in their daydreams, or are they having a real reality, a response? Are they really seeing UFOs? Are they really seeing aliens? And some people say they're being taken right out of the tops of their cars or through walls. Are these other dimensions? And I've seen spacecraft well, with another no, dimension. No, no, no. Yes and no. It's the only way the dream state can comprehend from its limited vocabulary and conceptual abilities. That's so why it's a lot God, like creating your own database, isn't it? We're going to have to create our own database for people to go through our club that's going to go through so metaphysics. It's used as a tool, not a given. You know, I trained sales how to change a belief system like they would a pair of clothing. So go over to Iraq. Well, we're going to need to do that. Get your team killed. I'm sorry? 
We're going to have to do that. We're running out of time today, and it seems like we never have enough time with you. Just by the time I get warmed up, <laughs> my mind well, catches up with yours. But... I'm here. And uh, what I wanted to say finally is, please, my only source of income is through my books. And buy my books and buy more of them because there's lots more where that came from. And I'm as good as it gets in that arena. In fact, I'm good as it gets in several arenas. I am MacGyver. So I have a nine-volume well, encyclopedia. Let's get them on Kindle. And these two ninety-nine is the popular. Seventy percent of the world is buying the price of two ninety-nine, and I think they get twenty-four cents of it. I don't know how long your sales will last out there, but two ninety-nine uh-huh. for a small PDF is what people well, are I wanting out here. They're reading them fast. So we'll have to break your classes down and do weekly, possibly. Yeah. And, and we'll just set up as many army of writers that would like to work with me in completing just in agriculture. I have 360 PDFs. You can go to herbfarminfo.com. You can see three of them of 360. Okay. And everything is on Richard. Tell them the name of your website before we run out of time here. Yes, it's RichardAllenMiller.com, A-L-A-N, RichardAllenMiller.com. All right, so R-I-C-H-A-R-D-A-L-A-N-M-I-L-L-E-R.com, RichardAllenMiller.com. And it says right on the top. If you go to Facebook, I am DocRamCom. DocRam.com, folks. Doc, no, R-A-M. DocRam.com. Right? There's no doc. DocRam.com. And I'm doc also R-A-M-C-A-R. under... R-A-M-C-A-R. I'm also under... Oh, okay. Sustainable Lifeboats. I have two sets on, on, on Facebook. And both of those are daily blogs I do on my website. Wow, you're a busy man. Richard Allen Miller. Okay. It's got DocRamcom. Yep. Very good. Yes, I'm on DocRamcom right now. Is this your your woods? Yeah. On what I discovered each week. Like Dr. Who. I think simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at your face. Wow. you're, You're really, even your Facebook's interesting. Uh, Thank folks, you, check TK, it out, please. I have been yeah, working a long time. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward time. to pulling this together. Well, Dr. Ram, I have permission to put your links on all our websites we're building, right? Especially to get people in tune I'm with metaphysics, esoteric. people like yourself that want to represent. Way, I've advertised in the first book for your uh, website, and it's going in the second book, too. By the way, thank you. Matt Painter is a great artist. I would like to use you on some of my cover art and book covers, if you'd like. I could use a couple of good artists. That could be arranged. You're hired. I've seen your artwork. That'll be all right. Well, thank you, Doctor, and we'll like to get back with you in a couple of weeks, at least in the next month, so we have at least one one a month, preferably two yeah, a month, why don't you fly in your radio archives. You the, yeah, I'll show you the Oregon beaches. You have to get there through the Redwoods. 
And right now, yeah, I'm going to have to come out there, and we're going to have to have a fall. Uh, uh, folks, if you want to join, when when you get, you have a place to entertain us in your woods, and we can stay at a bed and breakfast, or you've got to let us know how to do that. But we can talk about that in August next month They've because we're out of time now. Again, and it's called Tap Rock. Take a look at Tap Rock, and that's where I do workshops here in in, in Grants Pass. When will you be River. doing one? It's a four-story log home right on the Rogue River. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to hopefully do a webinar and Zoom across the country and set you up. We'll have to discuss what prices you want uh, for return of your time so we can book it. And uh, I guess it'll be a sim- simple thing of just having people show up and work with you so we can uh, have you teach us on PowerPoint and then get the first hour, and the second hour will be Q&A possibly with the workbooks that you designed for us. So uh, you're going to have to take it from 101 because, you know, most of us have not had the money or the time in this life to go through metaphysics. So maybe we can get some type of certification going with you. I don't know what state or accredit. By the way, I have one final thing I wanted to say. I have uh-huh. a tribute to Elizabeth Rauscher's recent death. She was a colleague at Berkeley that was part of my little circle and did some of the biofeedback as a result of what we did at the Manager Foundation. And she just recently died. Elizabeth Rauscher. What's her last name? Rauscher. I will send you. Okay, I'm getting the link right now. It is mykeeper.com under Elizabeth Rauscher. And she recently, she's Berkeley. She did all the biofeedback after we did. It all started at the Under- University of Washington on Bainbridge Island, and that's where we developed a single-gain amplifier that was able to measure microvolts in the brainwave. Wow. A lot of us don't even know about it. All right. How, can you spell her last name so we can at least try to find her on Google? I'm not yeah, hearing I'm it. Looking. Rauscher is uh, uh, A-R-A-U. S C H E R. Elizabeth. And her first name is R-A-U-S-C-H-E-R. Okay. Let me put it all up here. It was one of okay, the got like myself. Okay. American physicist. Elizabeth A. Rauscher, American physicist and parapsychologist, former researcher with the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory and Lawrence uh, National Laboratory, the Stanford Research Institute, and NASA. Thank you for sharing that. Her education was at the University of California, Berkeley. You bet. So uh, we appreciate that. That came from Monica Grunter. Um, She's now in Switzerland right now. I have a network of people that I've been working with for a very long time. And uh, Matt A. Babarallo wrote a book called Bloody... Brazilian knife fighting techniques, and I had him autograph one for my grandson, and he went around showing all his buddies in, in high school and got himself kicked out of school, and you're like, daughter, oh my God, I got in trouble. <laughs> I know some Well, I love Nassim Harriman, and she worked with him, so you know Nassim, he's an excellent uh, teacher, Nassim, yeah, of course, yeah. space and time. But uh, uh, she worked strongly with him, Elizabeth Rauscher, nuclear and astrophysicist. J.J. Hurtock, and you you like him or worked with him, J.J. and Desiree Hurtock. Yes. So 
And uh, it looks like one of her sightings, she appeared in January 2018 in California, Mountain View, California, with the Hertogs. How about that? On mind dynamics in space and time. So this is something you'll have to help us with, Doctor. You'll have to, Dr. Ram, Ram as uh, he he calls you, Tom calls you Dr. Ram. I see why that's your initials. I'm just uh, I'm Dr. Who, I'm Dr. Strange, and I'm actually Doc Savage, all wrapped up and in And a lot more, your X-Files, too. You helped us, and we didn't get to check, <laughs> cover the smoking gun and the smoking man, but we'll do that maybe next, in a couple of weeks. Well, we'll keep you know, plowing we, away at this um, and trying to you get know, your books out. Dr. Carl Schleicher was at the same desk in Wisconsin Avenue for 48 years. Years. And what that desk is. was that? Well, he Paranormal was that, desk. You know, yeah, Bill Franklin, <laughs> Dr. Wilbur Franklin, was uh, my counterpart in the Midwest working out of the University of Chicago. And, okay. And, uh, so it's a long time ago in a faraway universe. Well, we're still going to have you a few more years, at least, we hope, in this 3D reality. But let us know what's happening, and we'll look for you in the next couple of weeks again, hopefully, and get more and get these books set up on our websites. And we'll try to get our uh, media set up with a mad and get us some pictures going and something going with our ACO club. We yeah, have the uh, like Invisible College. Matt Painter. I need three artworks right now. If you can give me a call in the next couple of days. I'd like to talk to you about some covers that I need immediately. Wonderful. He's got your phone number, and uh, he's always on on here on the Internet, Dr. Rick. He's on here 24-7. You can see his little green dot. It seems like it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) It's so very nice to hear from you also. Thank you for helping us make this board work right today. Well, we're going we're gonna to get some more books out. We've got to get you helping us, and we're really excited about it. So uh, we're here to serve you and serve others. I know you're in service to others. And we just need to know more about the whole shooting match, the whole origin of who we are, the world entity, and how you and I and the MED and everybody fits in. So I'm going to keep working on this Mysteries of Metaphysics with you and keep you I'd like our highest dean yep. of metaphysics. All right, well, we're going to build nice you uh, something. All right, well, we'll get to you in the next couple of weeks, but Ahmed, please call a doctor. What's the best time to catch you? When I call you in the afternoon, you're usually out in the woods traveling Mornings or something. Mornings are best. I'm usually, this last week, dealing with hacks and creepy things going on. It's been terrible for my right. girlfriend. He doesn't even want to be yeah. around when it's happening because she feels helpless. I'm helpless. I need a third-level code, and I only do second-level. And I need someone that can do third-level code. And if you know anybody that can help me, I've got cooties and Alabama ticks everywhere around me. Well, uh, I think it has a lot to do with your hosting company because I had a lot of trouble with that. So uh, we'll talk on uh, email about that. Thank you. And we'll, we'll, Thank you for your time. Teresa. All right. Oh, I've enjoyed it, and I hope you'll come back in a couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll be more together by then. Just, 
All right. Now, Matt, oh, you're, you're doing fine, Matt Painter. Doc, Bye. just hit me, hit me up on Skype whenever you got time, and I, if I'm here, Roger I'll that. answer. I'll, okay, you hang out there. I have to load it special because it's on another computer, but I will, yeah. and I'll get I'll, back to you. You bet. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Yeah, arrange that meeting, Skype meeting. All right, everybody. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Rick Allen Miller, and he is our dean of metaphysics now. We hope you understand that we'll be marketing and promoting his books and his works in metaphysics to all of those out there in our ACO esoteric community. So we have all kind of people interested in that. So, Ahmed, I guess I will talk to you, uh, if not, well, your show is tomorrow Sunday. So we'll see you tomorrow. Anybody yep. wants to ch- chime in? 11 to 3, is it, your time, Eastern? And yeah, where? 11 to 3, Eastern. And uh, first hour I play a video, and then the next three hours I take phone calls from anybody who's got the nerve to call. <laughs> okay, it's so 11 to 12 is on Eastern and 12 to 3 call in. And that is, uh, what's the name of your show on Sunday mornings, Revolution.radio? A Mad Look at Reality. A Mad Look at Reality with Thomas R. Becker, better known as a Mad Painter, and Dr. Rick Miller with our ACO Club Mysteries and Metaphysics, and he's going to be our Dean of Metaphysics. We're putting him yeah, at no, the top of the food Doc, chain. <laughs> Doc has actually joined in a couple of them in the mornings and talked with us before on, on the Sunday morning shows. Wow. How about there, that? There's so no you never telling know who joins. Sometimes, you, know, you never know who might join the show. Uh, sometimes I may just pull up, call, come in. Now I can I'm not get eleven to twelve, but maybe one to three. The last two hours I might could hang out. So uh, I may start looking in on a mad look at reality with a mad painter on Revolution Dot Radio, folks. And, All right, and it only gets there at one out. time. I mean, there's there's no rec- I mean, there's a recording of it and it's archived at the station, but I don't post it. I don't play it again. Or anything like that. It's just a one-shot deal. One-shot deal. Basically. And then it's up to them to buy the CD at the end of the year when Mike Ringley decides to put them all together, I guess, or download them yep. on the name of your show, right? All yeah, right, we'll he have does to do that. something like that. Well, this goes out on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, FM Radio, Podbean, Blueberry. Oh, my gosh, so many places. Uh, SoundCloud, MixCloud. I don't know. I'm paying for everywhere, anywhere that can. If they're not free, then they carry them, and I submit, and I try to get in their area. So we're real happy with that. Spreaker's about 50 bucks a month extra, but they put it up on YouTube for me, so it saves me a lot of work. So love and light, everybody. And I'm mad. I guess we'll see you, if not Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday, then Sunday afternoon. Uh, 11 to 3 is his show, and sometimes I pull a 5 to 7. So we'll just see what happens tomorrow. Oh. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. All right. You too. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Okay, we're going to get out of here, folks. I'm just going to play a little second of music, and we're out of here. Thank you, everybody. Love and light.